0: Welcome to Life Continuing, conversations that explore consciousness, healing, and infinite existence. I'm Tanya Berg. For over 20 years, author and board-certified hypnotherapist Lindsay Eastburn has been helping people globally in their pre-pregnancy and pregnancy journeys. Lindsay is the founder and creator of HypnoFertility and owns her own private practice and training facility called HypnoFertility International. Through her work in hypnosis, Lindsay helps bring balance to the spiritual and physical worlds and guides babies to their mothers. Lindsay has been featured nationally on Lifetime Television Network, ABC, and CBS News on national and international radio programs, including Toronto's Breakfast Television and Canada's At Home Morning Show. Listen now as Lindsay and I discuss how fertility issues can be examined and supported by addressing it at the subconscious level. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. I'm so excited. This is a great topic that I haven't touched on with anyone. So this is a unique uh, conversation around infertility and hypnotherapy. Now, many of us have heard of the indigo or crystal children, um, but you connect to what's called the pink starlights um, as part of your hypnotherapy process to help women with the infertility issues. So if you can please clarify w- the difference of these children, what they are, and um, and tell me exactly how you uh, work with them in order to support your clients.
1: Sure, absolutely. So the pink starlights, they are... Um... They're their own thing, I guess. Um, I've been working with spirit babies for years. And when I started working with hypnofertility, which ended up developing, I kind of fell into it, interestingly. Um, And it was because of spirit babies, because uh, women were being told that they weren't candidates for IVF or they'd never get pregnant. And they'd come to me and say, but I just feel there's a baby there. And I absolutely, definitely. And we would work from there and babies would show up. And, you know, any old babies, so to speak, you know, they didn't care what they were called. They were spirit babies, right? Just kind of it, it didn't matter. And then as, as things sort of evolved and um and shifted, around 20, probably 2016, the babies all of a sudden decided that they had their own name and their own cohort and they wanted to be distinguished and that they were called the pink starlights. And so, yeah, people are familiar with indigos and crystals and so forth. Uh, I'm an indigo myself, and the indigos kind of came in, you know, 60s, 70s or so. And we came in um, to really break things down, you know, to to um, break the old structures, you know, to help help pave the way for the shifts that are happening on the earth, on the planet. and uh, And so I think we heard a lot about indigo children for the longest time, and I didn't even... I mean, I kind of found out years later doing an indigo adult test and I'm like, oh, wow, who knew? Um, And then the crystals, you know, coming through a little bit later, um, you know, really, uh, I guess you could call them really compassionate beings. I mean, even more indigos are compassionate, but I guess in a way that they could um, really tune in you know, really, really psychic and really, I mean, I guess all the babies have that, but, but each one has a bit of a different, um, focus, a different path. So the pink starlights themselves, they were like, we're different. And we chose our name, um, pink, the color of unconditional love. So it has nothing to do with whether they're boys or girls and, you know, starlight, um, brightness, brilliance, you know, really strong, um, powerful light, the best way I guess that they could express that. And these babies are just huge amounts of light. So they're bringing, they're working on a couple of levels because they're bringing um, an energy into the world to help heal the world. And as they're doing it, uh, they're raising the vibrations and then they're, they're connecting vibrationally with their parents and that's raising vibrations as well, if that makes any sense.
0: So it's like a generational thing. So each baby that comes into the set of parents raises the vibration of the parents and then the people around them and then the world at large essentially. Is that what is that kind of exactly. what you mean? Like on a whole, like all the pink starlights all together. Right.
1: Right. So they're coming in for their purpose, each individual, like all the rest of us. And at the same time, they're bringing this light in that helps to raise the vibrations. I say they strategically place themselves and they choose their parents. And uh, that brings light in, which helps to raise that energy and that evolution. And so definitely as as a group, they are helping to raise the vibrations of the planet and at at a, a level that we haven't really experienced before and you can see that things are happening and speeding up and changing
0: and they're a big a big part of that so the indigo like i guess the orders the indigos the crystals and then the pink starlights. so with each set of children they're a higher vibration stronger brighter Right. And they work together. So the
1: indigos were paving the way and then the crystals coming through and helping us to accept. Like, if you think about it, you know, 30 years or so ago, maybe even 20 years ago, people, I mean, we wouldn't have these kinds of podcasts out there that were very common. Um, you know, you would just have sort of the weirdos in the back room talking about these kinds of things. You know what I mean? Um the woo-woo type of thing that they would call us, but they're helping to make this um, the norm. I hate the word norm, but, you know, to make this mainstream, to make this uh, people just sort of know, of course, you know, of course there's spirit babies. And of course there's, uh, of course, the planetary energy is changing. Of course, there's a a transformation that's happening and and making that more commonplace rather than something
0: that, you know, just a few select people know. Right. So... As far as infertility goes, I mean, to me, that's two different things. Having the infertility issue, I mean, in my mind anyways, um, is more like, I would think it's just more of a biological thing. But what are you learning with your work? Right. It's interesting. I found myself walking both sides of this.
1: So with doing hypnosis, uh, very much in art and science and working with fertility, definitely from that um, biology standpoint, you know, what's going on? within the physical body, but there's also the mind, um, emotions, and spirit aspect. So with fertility or infertility, I prefer to call it fertility, but with, um, with that issue, there's a 25% diagnosis of unexplained infertility. And so immediately that said to me, subconscious mind, that says something else is going on that we're not aware of, that the doctors can't quite, um, they just don't know it's, it's unexplained. They don't know. And they don't know what they don't know. Um, And so as I was working with that, these babies started showing up and the doctors, you know, they were, had said in a lot of cases, women were just not going to have children. It was just not going to be possible. And then these, these babies started showing up when I was doing the hypnosis and working with them. And And then as more and more babies showed up and people were telling their doctors and the doctors were calling them anecdotal babies, because again, there was no way to explain the changes that were happening, but the energetic part is so important. And the medical world, the technology is fantastic to help us have babies these days, but they still don't know everything. And there's no absolutes and science can't, you know, it just does. It's not all knowing. And so what I've ended up doing is bridging the two sides with the spiritual aspect. And, uh, you know, even the hypnosis, it's, it's getting to be mainstream. It kind of goes back and forth a little bit. Some people think it's more woo woo. Some people treat it more like an actual science. It depends, but I've been walking both sides and a lot of the fertility clinics nowadays are, are, um, focusing as well on the spiritual and the emotional, um, mental aspects of this rather
0: than just trying to treat it biologically right so with hypnotherapy um i know there's a couple of different types that i've heard i know for instance dolores cannon she deals with the psalm ambulistic level which is a very very deep level is it a different level that you work at or or how does that work
1: Well, honestly, I think I work with more than just hypnotherapy. So there's definitely, you know, working with the person, getting them into hypnosis, being able to use various techniques to access the subconscious mind, to shift, um, getting the subconscious and conscious on the same page, because if they're not... Uh, then no matter how much you consciously want something, it's not going to happen. So there is a way to remove, uh, to find, to remove blocks. And uh, then also to work with the fight or flight response, which we spend far too much time, uh, you know, in these days, that should be an emergency state for us where we have to fight, you know, we have to run and, and it should be temporary. Once we've escaped the danger, the danger's gone. We should, we should, um, you know, just come back into uh, a regular being or shift into what they call rest and digest or feed and breed. And so we spend so much time nowadays because we've shifted so much and we have constant threats, you know, we have traffic and we have weather and we have, um, Things that we can't control. We have mortgages, we have ongoing threats, we have politics, you know, we have all of that. And it keeps us in that fight or flight. That is not conducive to getting pregnant, because the body takes all the energy away from systems that it deems unnecessary for pregnancy. And so that's going to be your digestive system. It's going to be your reproductive system. Hypnosis is the antithesis of stress is what I call it. It's like an antidote getting into hypnosis immediately helps to switch out of fight or flight and into, you know, that parasympathetic, that rest and digest. And, uh, so that is, is very much a couple of the levels that it's working on. And also I'm trained You know, I'm a Reiki master teacher since 1994 and an empath and intuitive and all of these things that come through in my work. And so it's not not necessarily cut and dried hypnosis.
0: Yeah. And I, I can understand that I, I was going to actually address that as well. Um, I don't know how you can't go into that state yourself as the, the hypnotherapist, mm-hmm. um, with that individual in front of you, that client who's also in that very, very slow, calm and s- subconscious state. Um, to me, that's, that's the bridge to that in between right. world. Yeah.
1: There's actually a name for it too, uptime trance and downtime trance. So the person who's, oh. you know, being the client, um they don't have to do any work. And so the, you know, the person if you're doing self-hypnosis you're still kind of aware, right? Um and you're aware in hypnosis, but you don't have to do you don't have to be monitoring anything, handling anything, whereas the the hypnotherapist is doing that for you, but we do align energetically with the clients and we do um go into a state. And so when we teach hypnosis, we talk about that as uptime trance for the person who's still having to be consciously involved, and then downtime for the person who, you know, they, they can be aware, or they can totally disappear if they want to, but they don't have to do any work, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I I hear you. Um, I wanted to talk about that global perspective, because in your book, you talked um, really eloquently about the different cultural views on the state of the world so for instance um in the uh ancient sanskrit talks about the Kali yuga period um talk a little bit about that and how how um we can compare and contrast the the different cultural perspectives on what's going on because there is there's something going on i mean obviously there's chaos but uh, on an energetic level there's a huge shift happening um and that's not new age i just wanted to no. Oh, no. make mention that's not a new age thing so so talk to me about that
1: yeah there is that's such a good thing to bring up um yeah there have been predictions culturally for you know millennia for probably as far back as time goes i mean with the um you know, the Mayans, and then yes, the Kali Yuga um, shifts that are occurring, that we have to go through. And, and right now, it's chaotic, and it's devastating, like things are crashing down, which is very much what the indigos were a part of, we have to take down this patriarchy. And that's not to say, you know, a man woman thing, it is to say that the energy is, is really off, it's out of balance. And so what we're getting out of, out of, you know, that word, if you will, is um, volatility and power mongering and greed. I, you know, I talk about the God of greed in my book and, you know, Edgar Cayce, um, he predicted this, that this was going to happen. I mean, the Bible predicts uh, predicts things like this or this particular thing, different names for all of this. The Native Americans have their prophecies. And so without a doubt, this, whatever you want to call it, this is absolutely happening. And it is because we are so out of balance. And humans seem to think that, you know, humans, it doesn't matter where in the world they are. We all seem to think that we're, you know, that it's all about us. We're narcissistic. It's all about us. You know, the animals are here for us and the plants are here for us and we can take what we want. And, you know, there's so much of that that's going on. And so it's been, it's been expected. It's been, uh prophesied and and we're really moving into it now i mean you heard about you know that that song the dawning of the age of aquarius right back in the 60s and that's true that's happening we are shifting and pisces was um basically means to to believe whereas aquarius means to know and Shifting into the age of Aquarius isn't going to take five minutes. You know, it takes time, and this has been going on. And you can actually see where the indigos are coming in in the '60s, and what else is going on in the '60s, right? Flower power. You know, we have all this "make love, not war." We have this shift that we're trying to shift away from the energies, and we can see right now these energies are are like these negative ones are holding on for dear life. So things are really, uh, yeah, really getting difficult because th- the energies don't want to shift but they have to they have to
0: i agree with that so the pink starlights are here to do that
1: right well they're they're here to take and you know there's other um cohorts of of spirit babies you know you hear about the star seeds and then you hear about um the rainbow children and and I don't get too much into that because it's just, it's never been necessary um, for the work that I've been doing with the spirit babies. Um, but definitely they're all bringing in uh, pieces or parts of this um, to help, you know, with the shift. So the pink starlights are coming in and they're extremely intelligent they're extremely advanced. They're supreme healers. Um, and they don't have time to mess around. Like the indigos, we ended up with difficult childhoods or you know trauma to deal with, and and having to work against a lot of things to break things down. Um, whereas they don't have time. The pink starlights don't have time for that, and so their parents go through. So the infertility in regards to the pink starlights, the clients I deal with have been through a really hard journey. And I call that the initiation and it's because they have to do a lot of work. So the people who had indigos may not have done any work and, you know, brought these, these kids in to have to, to have to bring our energies in but without anyone supportive of that. So, you know, you're kind of in in the meat and potatoes world, right? And the five o'clock world, I call it. And, you know, go to work nine to five, come home, have a beer, watch TV. And that's not really conducive to this level of, you know, spirituality that the indigos are trying to help bring through. So they've been doing a lot of, of paving the way for the pink starlights. And the fertility journey that people struggle with, It brings them to a place they may not have gotten to otherwise so if you just had your baby and you know didn't go through anything you might take that for granted or you know appreciate your baby but not to the level of what happens when you go through this and these babies need to have parents especially mothers they anchor into their mothers that are going to support them and are going to believe them and are going to be open to them you know, basically immediately. So even spiritual people, when struggling with infertility, which is one of the worst possible issues a person can struggle with, when that happens, even if they're spiritual, because of it, it it has you delve further. And so maybe you would never have done hypnosis, or maybe you never would have um, you know, read about the spirit babies or or things like that. And so so the the issue itself is like the, is the catalyst for all the shifts that are happening to help bring the pink starlights through.
0: Sure. It's like an I'll try anything mentality, right? That pushes yeah. you to that brink of, is there another answer other than conventional methods? Exactly. I,
1: exactly. And, um, you know, we're, we're we're growing, definitely, all of us. And then there's a certain level of people who are, I say the pink starlights are coming in to be the people as well. So they have to have this knowledge and this ability to hold the space because we're all the people, of course. But the, the issues that are going on now, these pink starlights that are coming through, they're going to be in charge of things, they're going to be prime ministers and presidents, and they're going to be in charge of the environment, and they're going to be in in the places of of power or authority without letting that get out of um, out of balance, because so much of what happens is. The power gets out of balance, the greed that shows up and even struggling through the red tape, when you have the best of intentions, a lot of the people we have right now have succumbed to, you know, other energies. And now this is, this is shifting. So with the energy coming in and that light, it'll be that much um, more straightforward or easier for these babies to become the people and not be caught up in the dense energy that we have right now.
0: So it's interesting because I see the dichotomy of the energies and the, the negative vibrations that are hanging on, like you said, and clinging. But then I also see, like you said, 20 years ago, we would not be having this conversation. Um, even 10 years ago, it was a little dicey. But you know, today, people are talking about near-death experiences and Reiki and alternative healing and this and that, and, all, and new age concepts, um, which are actually old age. As old as time, right, right. so nothing's new, right? So I'm seeing both. So as much as people are maybe acting in, in a in a negative way or or responding to the negativity, there's also people are enlightening, and it does seem to be faster and faster.
1: Oh, right. Time. The time is passing faster and faster. I know when I was a little kid, I remember, you know, reading about or watching, you know, Raymond Moody, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Uri Geller. I was just so interested in this stuff in the 70s, you know, but not that many people were, you know, or they just dismiss it. But now people You know, I know so many people that are mediums and I know so many people and not just because I'm in this world, but people that I know just kind of know that are our mediums or they're psychics, they're readers, um, and they're really coming into their abilities and really owning that. And so that's a big, a big part of the shift that's happening definitely. And they're helping as well with the energy and paving the way for the pink starlights because there's, I mean, we have really, um, We've really ravaged this planet we've we've really done a lot of damage and it has to stop and it and it is it's uh, we're healing earth mother uh we're balancing what i call sacred masculine and divine feminine that yin yang balance that we have to have we don't want to swing all the way into a matriarchy you know we want to be in balance we want to have the the um balanced energies of, of
0: both Certainly do. Um, Tell me about the Reiki work. Now, do you incorporate Reiki with your hypnotherapy sessions at all or offer that to your clients as well for the infertility or is that something separate? Well, interestingly, Reiki kind of kicked all this off for me. Um,
1: And I was, I was into, you know, I was was in a spiritual, you know, group uh, back in the early 90s. And then I did end up in, in Reiki. And I, I did have a Reiki practice and I taught Reiki and um, at one point I, I helped create a, a state licensed school in uh, Illinois with Reiki. And then as I got doing the hypnosis, it sort of took over, it was more of that was the direction that I needed to go. So Reiki, I couldn't do both. It was well, in Colorado, it's not even, you know, it's, it's uh, you're not allowed to do that. So there's certain laws, you can't be combining certain things, right? So, but Reiki's a part of me. It's part of my energy. And so it's always, it's always in the work that I do and, um, you know, distance work you know, I'm working with my clients, even sometimes when I haven't met them yet, but it's really funny. You should mention this because, um, you must be really tuned in because the babies have recently, and I mean, recently, um, had me they've downloaded something similar to reiki i can only say it's similar to reiki because i don't really know how else to describe it but it's an attunement process uh that they want me to facilitate so with reiki you know that you you become attuned and or initiated you could say um into being able to to channel that energy through or to receive that energy through and that's changed a lot now um traditional Reiki, uh, Holy Fire Reiki, has come to be in the last few years. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I'm not. Uh, So it was, um, so I don't know if you know, if I don't know how much you know about Reiki, but William Rand uh, has the International Center for Reiki's in Michigan. And he's been in in the Reiki world, like he's one of, definitely one of the pioneers as far as contemporary, and I'm, you know, that's over 30 years. And this was downloaded to him. And it's very interesting because, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I was like, oh, well, Reiki's Reiki. But a couple of years ago, the babies, I call them the babies to me, the pink star They said, you know, go get Karuna Reiki. And I said, okay. And uh, and somebody that I actually initiated into Reiki uh, over 20 years ago was teaching the Karuna class. And so I uh, took it with her. And uh, she said, well, you need to have holy fire before you do Karuna. And it's basically an upgrade. I said, oh, okay. And the way it's done is different because we used to, the Reiki master teacher put the symbols into the aura, put the symbols into the students' palms. And now the Reiki master teacher holds the space and the holy fire or the Reiki does, makes all the adjustments. And it's absolutely fascinating because I could feel the difference. It it just heated up, you know, the room and uh, it's, it's just amazing. And so you can see the shifts in the energy, right? Even with Reiki. And I didn't even know that was going on while I'm, you know, over here doing this, you know, other work, but now the pink star lights are saying, okay, we do the hypnosis and there's some of the other work that I do with clients, but now they want me to have available, an alignment or an attunement and they, they've downloaded this whole process to me symbols and uh crystals that they want and and uh and this is something that i'm just beginning to um to offer so i don't even oh. quite know how to describe it yet and so you just <laughs> you just zoned right in or or just you got it you picked it up right
0: there thank you for that for that um you know synopsis uh, for the listener as well And, um, and that's fascinating. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear how that goes or I'll I'll definitely follow along on your website. And, uh, you know, if you do talk about it in other interviews or write about it, I'd love to hear uh, how that's going in the next while.
1: Right. Well, well, it's basically them. I mean, I, I pretty much just give up and do what they tell me and they speak through me. Um, I open when I do an interview to, okay, whatever needs to come through and, uh, And part of this was because of the hypnofertility work I've been doing. Um, There's a lot of hypnosis definitely involved um, and, you know, holding space and and a lot of uh, almost counseling where I'm talking with with the person and uh, weaving that into their sessions and we're, we're working on different levels. And this has mostly been for infertility. That's been my specialty for a long time. And as the pink starlights have been giving me different, um, you could say, hypnosis uh, to do with clients to help align with them. And, but now that they've been out there for a while, there's pink starlight parents and there's um, the babies themselves that are wanting to have that alignment. So, there's pink starlight parents who have the pink starlight and don't necessarily have the alignment as this energy is continually um enhancing i guess you could say okay and so i need to have something available not only for infertility folks to connect with their pink starlights but also there's healers now that are being drawn to work with the pink starlights and Um, like I said, those who who have them or maybe have them in their midst, like they may be a kindergarten teacher, or they may have nieces and nephews, um, or grandchildren, that they're recognizing the pink starlight characteristics in, and wanting wanting to shift that to that vibratory level.
0: Wow, that's so fascinating. So The pink starlights are your guides or you have your own set of pink starlights or is it just the, the clients pink starlight group that you connect with?
1: Right. I always say the pink starlights are my clients um, rather than their parents. And they always (laughs) seem to bring them to me, um, which is just really interesting. But yeah, I, I tune into the pink starlights. I guess they have sort of come through to me. The name of the book is. Waiting in the wings, introducing the pink starlights. And it's like they selected me. Please help bring us through and get our awareness out there. We need to be known to the level of the indigos and the crystals and so forth. And so I download information. I wouldn't say I channel it per se, but. I'm claircognizant, so I just think I get downloads, and that's how I've learned all this information, and I'm very left-brained, it's it's pretty funny, I'm very analytical, so I question myself a lot, and say, are you kidding me, like for real, but all of these things have, have come to pass, and all of them are effective, and have created so many shifts, that I just try to go with the flow, as far as right. that goes, so yeah, um, I help people connect with their pink starlights and then the pink starlights themselves are around and they help you know they help other they're helping their other pink starlights parents and uh it's it's really interesting there's a a meditation i have in the book where we go to the pink star and there's a a pink star being there you could call her the queen or the goddess um and when the pink starlights show up there it's not just one or two it'll be a dozen a couple of dozen hundreds all of a sudden they come flooding in and so they're helping raise that vibration on that level as well
0: it's so beautiful i was just kind of reflecting on our conversation and and the pink starlights and i'm just thinking there's so much uh there's so much darkness and there's a lot of hopelessness currently but the idea of what you're describing and um you know the the color and the light and the energy just all of a sudden just for me now i just feel this this burst of hope it does
1: and and it's not and that's part of that's part of my work too is to hold the space to 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 know that it isn't bleak it looks bleak it it kind of feels bleak but there's some really powerful energy coming through there's there's some amazing um, transformation going on Um, levels are shifting light workers and healers and readers and and intuitives and you know um, and and even you know I say poets and and teachers and um, you know people of, of those musicians and of those sensitive energies are really picking it up and also bringing it through. And there's more and more of us with that happening. And there's more and more awareness now with people. They're not just having babies. I mean, there certainly are people that just have babies and don't think anything of this and all babies are wonderful and all babies are love, but there's a lot of energy shifting to help bring this through and hope is coming. We've had a real difficult time and we've had to. We have to wake up. We have to. And uh I kind of hate that word anymore because now they've twisted it all around, but you know, um, people have been in this awareness or this awakening for millennia, you know, some people not not a lot, but it is just happening on a faster and grander uh level, I guess you could say now. And so there there truly is hope. And when you see these babies, the incredible amount of love, even more so than, you know, how can I say, I don't want to say an everyday baby, but it's, it's just, I can't even explain it. It's really, it's really incredible.
0: That sounds so amazing. Um, I think it makes me think that I know it makes me think that um, I just want to encourage people to uh, awaken, awaken themselves, awaken their gifts their intuition. um, It's actually very important. So you don't have to be a professional intuitive or healer per se, but you can still heal the people around you just by raising your vibration and awakening and becoming aware. All those words are very Mm -hmm. important in that process. So Um, And that, you know, again, that's what this conversation I think is bringing about. So at first glance, we might think, well, we're having a, a, you know, very serious conversation about a sensitive topic about infertility, but my goodness, it's far more than that.
1: Absolutely. And, and kindness is really important. Kindness is so, is so huge and gratitude. And I know everybody talks about gratitude, but feeling real gratitude in your heart Um, Not just, you know, we can kind of go through a list. I'm thankful for my husband, my kids and my dog and my house and so forth, but really tuning in to that energy that helps to raise the vibrations and um, sometimes that can be frustrating, because there is something out there that I call um, toxic positivity and it's from the self-help world where everyone's being told, you know, you just got to think positive and this will happen for you. And if it hasn't happened, you're not thinking positively enough. And and that's not true. And this is this is this can kick back into the science part because we have a negativity bias in the brain, which is there to protect us. You know, it's so much more important for us to be cautious. You know, you don't want to think that um, a snake is a stick and just grab it. It's better for you to be worried that the stick over there is a snake and cautiously approach it. And we really haven't caught up to how things have shifted, you know, the way, the way that the world is. And, uh, and so we, we have to work a little bit more at being positive, but we're never going to be completely positive. And so if we can, if we can, um, be grateful, as grateful as we can be and bring in, I mean, it's not going to hurt to think positively, but not to beat yourself up if you don't or sometimes fall out of that or have a bad day. And I've seen fertility clients come to me and say, you know, I I've been through all of this. I spent thirty five thousand dollars and I just had a horrible thought and I just ruined the whole cycle. And because I'm not supposed to, I need to be positive. And, And that's damaging. It's okay to go back and forth. And it's to get into that balance that is so important.
0: The yin and the yang, as you also discussed in your book,
1: very important. Exactly. It is so huge. And that masculine and feminine is inner energy, inner world that not everyone is necessarily aware of, but we all have that inner masculine and feminine. And it's not about boy, girl, and it's not about boys should play football and girls do ballet or any of that. There are attributes to to, um, both energies but we all have both of those and we
0: want to be able to access those
1: in balance as well.
0: Well, certainly Um, I want to encourage the listener to to read your book, Waiting in the Wings. It's the introduction to the pink starlight. So it's not just infertility or, or fertility issues. It's um, it's about these new vibrational beings that are coming in to help us get to a better place.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And definitely that's the thing. It's been, it's been infertility and hypnofertility. And then my second book um evolved into that much more with the spirit babies. And then this one, yeah, it's about the pink starlights. And I think it's comforting. I have had a lot of people tell me it's comforting to know that their infertility struggle that there is something to it. And that these babies are coming in on the other side. And it's um, in the book, there's several of my clients who wrote their stories, because they wanted to share where they were saying, like, I'm where you are. And now here I am. And this is what's going on. And here's these pink starlights. So So um, exactly. And then explaining them, their purpose, the shifts and changes that are happening. Um, and Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's introducing them to the world and helping them to get out there and get their purpose out there and get everyone as involved as they want to be, you know, Um, because yeah, like you said, you don't have to be a healer. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to be trying to have a baby, but this energy is just going to be beneficial for everyone.
0: And we can find your book through your website. What's your website?
1: Uh, Hypnofertility.com.
0: Wonderful. And uh, is your book available on Amazon or any other platforms? Yeah,
1: it's on Amazon. And that's probably the easiest way. These days, I think Amazon
0: is easier than just about anything. Sure, exactly. Well, I just wanted to be clear about that. Lindsay, thank you so much for this enlightening conversation. Like I said, I think I just had kind of an awakening of sorts. So (laughs) this is uh, these are important discussions to be having. So I really appreciate your time and your beautiful work. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Tanya. And the the pink starlights, thank you too for just letting them get a chance to to spread their sparkly uh, pink light out there.
0: So beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Life Continuing. A special thanks to Lindsay Eastburn. For more on Lindsay and to inquire about her sessions, please visit hypnofertility.com the advisor to the show is Amanda Capito. The music for this podcast was composed by Richard Farron. I'm your host, Tanya Berg. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and follow on Instagram at Life Continuing Podcast. And do join me next time, where we'll continue this conversation about life continuing.